time to wake up. It's Saturday morning. Find some milk and cereal. Grab a bowl and spoon. No, a bigger spoon. Head to the living room and take a seat on the floor. But Joseph and Chris present to you... Saturday Morning Cartoon! Hello everybody and welcome to Saturday Morning Cartoon Boom! Boom. Boom. Yeah. Yeah. This is a show where we wake up with a Saturday morning sun, plop down in the living room floor with a big bowl of sugary cereal, and watch all your favorite cartoons, both old and new. I'm Joseph. Minyazavut Chris. Indeed. I'm Chris. <laughs> I gathered. And this morning, for the final part of our October celebration, we watched Beetlejuice. 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 Oh, we said it three times. Oh, no. <laughs> Wait, does it count if you say it twice and I say it once, or do you need to say it three times yourself? That's a good question, but I think it doesn't count unless one of us says it three times. Says what three times? Can't say it. Oh, Man, <laughs> so close. Uh, so Beetlejuice aired from 1986. 1980- ah, there it is. Oh, you got it. <laughs> got you. <laughs> I had to say it again. <laughs> so Beetlejuice aired from 1989 to 1991, created by Michael McDowell, Warren Scarin, and Tim Burton. The series was co-developed also by Tim Burton, directed by Robert Budd. Of course, the 1988 movie was directed by Tim Burton. Uh, this was produced by, again, Nelvana Limited, who, which is the Canadian production company. So this is an American-Canadian cartoon. So it was produced by Nelvana Limited, a Geffen Film Company, and Tim Burton, Inc. There were four seasons, 94 episodes, consisting of 109 total segments on the ABC network for the first three seasons, then on the Fox network for the fourth season. But actually, there's an overlap there, which I'll talk about in a second. And for a short synopsis, this is the adventures of a ghostly con artist and his 12-year-old pal, Lydia. That's pretty accurate. Pretty I much. Mean, I, is he a con, I guess he is a con artist. He's a total con he's, artist. That's his whole thing. There's like a lot more to him than that, though. But on yeah, the he surface, definitely does try to con people. On the, yeah, on the surface, he's a lying, cheating thief. That much is very true. Yeah. And I always wondered why he's always trying to get money. Because I'm like, do they even use money in the netherworld where he's from? And also, why is he so afraid of, yeah, like, why does he need a job, A, and B, why is he trying yeah. to scam people to avoid getting a job? Right, exactly. I mean, I understand it from yeah. the earthly perspective, but like you said, but, yeah. in, in the neither world, why is money even important? Yeah, I feel like they probably don't have the same kind of economy as us, but I, I guess they could be wrong. I don't know. I've never been there yet. We'll get there eventually, you know, when we're dead. <laughs> So, Chris, who were some actors who played in this show? All right. The voice of Beetlejuice was Stephen Wiemet. He also voiced in lots of other cartoons such as Alf, Babar, X-Men, Dog City, and Monster Force, which is interesting because Monster Force was one of the other options in the poll that we did um, where Beetlejuice won instead of Monster Force, but he's in both, so he kind of won out regardless. Wow. And then the the only other main character that reoccurs and is actually even listed in imdb <laughs> is um lydia Dietz, voiced by allison court who voiced the character of milani in ewoks which is a show that we covered several months ago mm. she was also in care bears garbage pail kids bill and ted's excellent adventures and many others but her voice was super familiar and i wasn't really sure where i heard it before or where i could place it 
until I saw this next credit, which is that she's the voice of Jubilee in X-Men. Oh, wow. Right? Then you're like, aha! Yeah, I see it. I see it. Hear it. Yeah, I hear it. You you got it. You you can't see voices, except... (laughs) Except we're recording and I can so see my voice. We're looking on at the our screen. voice right now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so, okay, I guess you can. All right. I just blew a hole through my whole thing. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> uh, so, for a few tasty marshmallows out of our big bowl of Beetlejuice cereal, this cartoon was such a huge success when it first aired on ABC and it later became one of the first cartoons to air on the Fox Channel's Fox Kids lineup. So Beetlejuice was seen Monday through Friday on Fox while still remaining on ABC's Saturday morning schedule making it one of the few shows in American TV history to be aired concurrently on two different broadcast networks. Wow, so that's this was cool. so popular that it ran almost the entire week. I believe it. Yeah. Man, I, I, I'll get into that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, secondly, even though the Maitlands were major characters in the movie, they had never made an appearance on the TV series, which kind of makes sense because it would have been a little weird to mix them into the new dynamics that this cartoon series had. Yeah, definitely. Lastly, Kenner, the company behind the Beetlejuice movie action figures, had begun developing figures for the animated series, but the project did not come to fruition. There was one prototype head of Jacques Laline, that skeleton who, like, works out. Yeah. And there, there was a prototype head for that that was seen online and stuff, but it was never made. None of the really? figures were, yeah. But they did have the ones from the movie, because I think I remember having yeah, one from the movie. I remember having, a, I think I had a couple from the movie. Mm-hmm. It was Beetlejuice as, uh, like, transformed into different states. Yeah, right. Yeah. So, Chris, what memories do you have of Beetlejuice? Um, when I was a kid, I watched this all the time. Um, I stayed with my grandparents um, during the summers when I, I was off school. And, you know, like, grandparents are like, I don't know what to do with a kid. So they just turn the TV on. So I just watch cartoons all day. And uh, this was definitely one of the ones that I used to catch um, pretty much every day. So um, I remember being creeped out by it quite a bit, but that it was really funny, too. I mean, I obviously enjoyed it because I still watched it all the time. I, I forgot a lot about it, though. So as much as I remember liking it, Looking back now and saying that I barely remembered anything from the cartoon until like seeing it again, like it obviously didn't make a huge impression on me, but it's I would still put it up there with I mean, it, it was a cool show and I did enjoy it at the time. Yeah. Yeah. I, I remember watching it when I was a kid for sure. But again, I kind of like you, I I remember seeing it, but I didn't remember a lot about it. And Having seen the movie many more times and I've actually seen the cartoon up to this point, I had forgotten the exact relationship that Beetlejuice and Lydia had because, right, you know, comparing them side by side, it's like Beetlejuice and Lydia were not friends in the movie. You know, he was not a good person by any stretch of the imagination. And even though he's selfish in the cartoon, he's way more selfish in the movie. Oh, yeah, he is. I also read a little bit about the original writing of the the script for the film, and it was way darker than... It wasn't even, like, a, a comedy at all. It was just complete, like, sadistic horror, and Beetlejuice was, like, murderous. So Really? Yeah. That would have been interesting to see. So that's, like, a way different side of him. I mean, I'm glad they went this direction with it, because it's yeah. now it's, like, a comedy classic, like a horror comedy classic, kind of. Yeah. Versus just like a straight bloody film that it would have been. 
I would love to see that version of it, though. Like, it would be awesome just to be able to see both. Yeah, you know? just just oh, set them man. side by side where it's like, yeah, where it's like uh, greedy, selfish Beetlejuice from the movie, um, semi selfish Beetlejuice from the cartoon or murderous rampage Beetlejuice. <laughs> right. I, I think he, I, he actually kills a baby in the in that version. Whoa. Yeah. Geez. He turns where in, did you find this? He turns into a killer squirrel and eats the baby alive or something. Holy crap. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well i guess i don't really need to see a squirrel eat a baby yeah but i mean <laughs> i'm still interested to see or at least read the script i think uh i think it's best that they went the direction that they did yeah we'll just go with that it's kind of like star wars and the star wars mm, yeah. like I, I i read the the comic adaptation of the star wars which was the original script and thank God they did not make that movie. It was terrible. <laughs> oh. I'm sorry, Star Wars fans, but man, the Star Wars was not good. I did like the way not that good. Luke had that mask, though. That was probably the best part of the comic, honestly. Yeah, that was about it. Han Solo was a goofy-looking alien. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I guess we can go ahead and jump into the episodes we watched for today's show. Very first episode, highest rated episode, and finally, random listener chosen episode. Order may vary depending on how these episodes fall chronologically, but of course, we have to start with the very first episode being Critter Sitters, Season 1, Episode 1, where Beetlejuice gets a job babysitting, but neither world babies are a bit more of a handful than the outer world ones, and BJ gets dragged before judgmental for a long string of offense. That's true. <laughs> yeah. That is what happens. Yeah, so to set it, just to, to set it off, and this is where I got confused a little bit coming into it because Beetlejuice is talking about he and Lydia having their first anniversary. And I was like, are they married in this show? Are they a couple? Like dating or something? Yeah, I didn't get it at first. And then right. it, it goes on a little bit. Like it's their anniversary of meeting each other and their yeah. their anniversary of becoming best friends, which is like, okay, that's way more innocent. And I understand that. Yeah, I had the same thought. Like when they said their anniversary, I was like, wait. Did I misunderstand this cartoon when I was a kid? Yeah. I don't remember that, but yeah, it was just a friend thing. One thing I wanted to point out real quick that is um, something that tied in the movie that I appreciated is that the very, very, very beginning of the episode, we see Beetlejuice singing that song from yeah. the movie. Yeah. Uh, the Dale. You get through his scene and it cuts to Lydia on her way home from school and she's singing it too. And I was like, that's cool. That was a nice nod to like the fans and stuff like that. I liked it. Yeah, it was kind of weird because uh, that's like one of the only ties to the movie really short of yeah, maybe a couple small things. But oh, yeah, that's pretty much it because it's but, it is not the same universe at all. But oh, not even close. It was cool, though. I'm glad that they put like a little nod in there to it. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, that was fun. So uh, what happens is Beetlejuice is trying to find a way to scam his way into making some money to get Lydia a gift for their uh, their one year friendiversary, I guess. He finds out that Lydia is babysitting a kid and getting, I think, two dollars an hour is what she was making. Yeah, what a rip off, man. Only two bucks an hour. Why would you even <laughs> like entertain that as an idea of something to do well this was the 80s and she She's was the, 12 so that's that's good money minimum wage <laughs> <laughs> and so so she uh so he gets the idea he's like uh all she has to do is watch it or all she has to do is babysit like i can do that but his he misconstrues the idea because he takes things very literally as right. they're said and so 
he ends up like he he gets some of the local netherworld babies and literally sits on them until their parents come is is what his idea is right that's what he thought it was and he is like oh this would be fun because you know he's you know even though he's cartooned down at his core he's still a little sadistic so right. the idea of just sitting on some children is like, he's like, yeah, this is going to be great. Yeah, which, which was fun. Like it opening this way did make me laugh. And I was like, oh, that's that's a lot of fun. That's clever. Yeah. One thing about this show just to set us off is it is incredibly reliant on puns and sight yes. gags. Oh, my gosh. It's very much like the the puns that they made when we did um, Tales from the Crypt Keeper. It's similar puns to that, but except it's a lot all cheesier. the time. Yeah, yeah, it, it never stops, and <laughs> he usually, almost every time he makes a pun, he shapeshifts into the object that he's talking about. Right, it, with his his face on the object, like he might turn into a giant ham with his face on it. Stuff you know, like that. What's cool though is that's actually. They don't leave that untouched. It's not just like something he does. That's his reaction to hearing these things or saying these right. things. Because yeah. we see later in a later episode that how that comes into play and is actually a detriment to him. Yeah, it's kind of like involuntary. Right. And I thought like, that was cool. That's happens. a cool talk off to it. He gets in over his head with these babies. One of them's a giant. It's like 50 feet tall. And I like the back and forth that they do where you're seeing Lydia taking care of this little baby, the human baby, like feeding it. And at one point she's got like a video camera and she's like filming the baby from this angle as it's like knocking over some blocks. And she's like, ah, 50 foot baby. Yeah. She's like, attack and, the 50 foot baby. Yeah. And then it cuts to Beetlejuice who's literally running from a 50 foot baby. And he's <laughs> yeah. like, ah, 50 foot baby. Yeah. <laughs> that was pretty that good. That was pretty good. Yeah. We see Jacques for like a split second and that's all we see of him in the three episodes we watched. Which made me sad because I completely forgot he even existed. And then I saw him, I was like, oh, I liked that guy. Yeah, the the three main like neighbors of Beetlejuice were Jacques, who was like the skeleton. He was a, skeleton, a um, skeleton body, yeah, French skeleton bodybuilder. Right, though he had no body. Exactly, <laughs> no body to build. And uh, we, we had the tap dancing spider Ginger. Who, oh, yeah, yeah. She had a New York accent, I think. I, I we didn't, she wasn't in any yeah. of these episodes, but you do see her in the intro. Mm -hmm. And then also the monster across the street was this guy's name, and he he looks. Oh, that's his like, actual name. Yeah, that's his actual name. He looks okay. kind of like Gossamer from um, uh, Looney Tunes. Like yeah, he's the big, the big red, hairy, hairy monster, exactly. But he's got like a very Texan like oh voice. yeah Definitely. he's even more texan than you are oh i know he'll be like tarnation yeah he says y'all a lot yeah but uh <laughs> he, yeah so he was a monster across the street his uh girlfriend was a monstrous across the street and nice. then they lucked I, out with that and then his nephew i think it was like the the, the, the monster around the corner or something like that oh gosh yeah there were some clever things that you just don't pick up as a kid but yeah. Watching it this time around, it's like, okay, this is, I could see this appealing to both. <laughs> I do like that. So, you know, he loses track of the kids. They, um, well, Lydia comes over to try to help him and brings the human baby with her because she's very irresponsible. Yeah. Even though she's, she's earning $2 an hour. So I can't really blame her. <laughs> but, and so the giant baby grabs the little one the human and and they kind of run off into the city and they're like just demolishing stuff 
And I like that the there's a news crew like covering it and they're like, oh, we haven't seen this much destruction since the Great Pudding Wars. And <laughs> I was like, OK, that's really weird and just kind of left off. But then they're like interviewing somebody at another point. And he's like, yeah, the Great Pudding Wars started by some baby named Beetlejuice. And that made me laugh. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Oh, and this is actually, since you say that, this is an example we get to see of this happening to Beetlejuice is. Oh, yeah, I forgot. Him hearing or him saying something. And then Lydia has to try to cut him off. She's like, no, 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 don't say it. Because he says, I think. I feel so young again, or I, it makes me feel young again. And yeah, that something like that. Immediately turns him into a baby. And as a baby, he's unable to really uh, construct sentences correctly. So he can't say the, the thing to get him out of that. Right. And then part of the episode is him as a baby, along with the other babies, causing destruction. Oh, yeah. And they're just destroying like a mall. Oh, what was it? They, they had a name for this mall, and I can't remember what it was. But there's some sort of pun for it. Oh, of course. I don't remember the name. Oh, uh, it was the shocking mall. Oh, probably. Yeah. Instead of a shopping mall, it was a shocking mall. Of course. Yeah, that's right. They could have done something with mall, but that might not be like kid friendly. Yeah, they could have done like M-A-U-L. Yeah, exactly. But I digress. No one listens to me. <laughs> yeah. And then Beetlejuice gets taken to court. He gets turned back into an adult, but I don't remember how. Yeah. I can't remember how he got turned back into an adult. I, I mean, it was something he has to say. So you yeah, know, I, he, Lydia like got him to say something. He gets taken, he gets taken to, to court, court yeah. and uh, the the judge was making me laugh because he's just like guilty, just yeah. right from the beginning. <laughs> like, and, and no matter what evidence they present that Beetlejuice isn't all that bad, he's like, oh, guilty. <laughs> Sentences him to the that like pit where the sandworms are yeah which is like that desert underworld kind of thing yeah which is one of beetlejuice's biggest fears are the sandworms even though that is his biggest fear yeah because even though he can fly and he has like essentially unlimited power it renders him kind of useless because he goes into uh, he's just so scared of them that he's unable to fly to get away from them or anything like that so right yeah that's a huge fear of his that's equal to execution in the neither world. And so Lydia eventually has to talk the judge out of convicting him. Well, what happens is the human baby falls into the pit and well, Beetlejuice had had gotten out. Like he, he didn't actually like fall in, like he was holding on or something like that. Mm. But the baby falls in and Lydia's like, you're the only one that can save this baby. So Beetlejuice jumps down Turns into something and scares the sandworms away, then flies the baby back up. And then she's just like, see, he's not that bad. They end up ruling in his favor this time. Yeah. And then the big baby comes into play. Oh, yeah. To stop the sandworm. Right. Yeah. Because they they come out as they're coming out. One of the sandworms, one of the sandworms comes back and comes after him. And the big baby like squeezes it or something. Yeah. And it's like, ah. (laughs) <laughs> and just runs away, slinks away, slithers, mm-hmm. slithers away. Slithers away, yeah. I like what they did with the characters. Like, I liked Beetlejuice in this. Like, some of the other episodes, I got kind of annoyed with him, honestly. But in this episode, I enjoyed him. I really enjoy Lydia's character, especially when they do the whole thing where, like, she's at home. And, well, she comes home from school. 
and she like freaks out because her mom made her room look really nice and like it's pink and there's ribbons and really girly. Oh, yeah. She like freaks out because she is just total goth, you know? (laughs) Yeah. So I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah, I think overall this was a good opening episode. It had some great gags, gave you a really good impression of what Beetlejuice and Lydia were going to be like throughout the series, and uh, just also set the tone of it, that it's going to be ridiculous and very pun-dependent. Right. So now we can jump into the second episode we watched for today's show, Potpourri, Season 4, Episode 13, which I think you chose, right, Chris? I did. Um, I, I basically just chose it because I saw Poe and I'm like, oh, I bet it's some sort of Edgar Allan Poe thing. That might be kind of fun. But then when we watched it, I remember this episode in particular. Like I, I remembered so many things from this one because this one freaked me out as a kid and really stuck with me. Wow. So like as we're getting into it, I'm like, oh, my God, like I <laughs> this this was like the episode I needed to see. I, I had never remember stuff. Yeah, I had never seen this one um, for a short synopsis of it, though. Edgar Allan Poe comes to BJ's Roadhouse in search of his lost Lenore. This is followed by a series of nightmares, Beetlejuice experiences that are loosely based on Poe's works. We also had the wrapping uh, Raven come in and that, that was pretty funny. <laughs> I love that Raven, dude. It was <laughs> hilarious. awesome. This kind of had a real... Um, uh, what is the movie called where it's like a dream inside of a dream kind of thing? Inception. Inception. It had an Inception oh, feel yeah. to it. Yeah, when they said a series of nightmares, that was an understatement. Yeah. <laughs> it was it, just you get to nightmare the point, within a nightmare within a nightmare within a nightmare. <laughs> yeah. You get to a point where you're not even sure what's real anymore. Oh, yeah. I have no idea. Yeah, I really like this because I liked Edgar Allan Poe a lot. As a teenager, I knew a little bit of Edgar Allan Poe as a kid, not a whole lot because that's very adult stuff, Mm -hmm. but I was familiar with some of it, and um, I remember a lot about this episode that I enjoyed, but at the same time, there was a lot of stuff that really creeped me out, mainly the mask at the, towards the end, but we'll get to that one. Um, But yeah, like I, I enjoyed this one quite a bit. So what's, uh, it kind of opens and this is where it gets a little, not gets a little confusing. It starts a little confusing because it's like, okay, Beetlejuice is reading some of Poe's work that, uh, Lydia loaned to him. This is where it's like, okay, was this whole thing a dream? Was it partially a dream? And because what happens is after a little while, there's a knock at the door, you know, just like the, the Ravens knocking thing. Yeah. Raven flies in, the rapping Raven flies in and starts (laughs) <laughs> reciting some things, doing his little raps. Starts rapping. Yeah. Starts rapping, yeah. And uh, <laughs> at a certain point, and this made me laugh a lot, actually, uh, Poe comes, he's knocking at the door, and he looks hilarious, too. He's like a little short does. guy. His head is huge. With a huge head, yeah. He looks so funny. And But, <laughs> but the way he, he answers the door is like, I'm Poe. And then Beetlejuice is like, "I'm not. You're not getting any of my money." Yeah. What's funny too is like Poe was like, "I don't need money." Like he's rich. He's carrying around a trunk oh, full of cash. That was a really and, central theme to that episode yeah. too. Um. So he's like crying about his lost Lenore. Like he can't find Lenore, and he's like wiping his tears with hundreds of like dollars, <laughs> <laughs> just 
Like that's all he was just constantly pulling out money and wiping tears away and Beetlejuice is just picking it up. Yeah, he <laughs> would just throw it off to the side like Kleenex and then Yeah. So Beetlejuice's motivation was to keep Poe sad for as long as he right. could. So that He's he can make more there. money. Yeah. Yeah. Letting him stay there and making him sad. Yeah. Because when Lydia was trying to cheer him up, he's like, whoa, 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 hold on. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> that was really good. Yeah. I, I love this episode because there's just, there's so many references to Poe's work. So many. Like, I can't even count how many references yeah. I caught. And there's at least Telltale Heart. There's Pit in the Pendulum. The yep. Raven, obviously, and uh, Mask of the Red Death. Yeah, and there's also the, um, I don't remember the name of it, but the one where the wa- the one guy gets walled off um, alive. Uh, there's a poet work where it's like some sort of like carnival, but, you know, back then that was just like a celebration kind of thing, like a mask party. And they, someone gets drunk and they go down somewhere and the person like passes out and the antagonist starts building a wall like with bricks and mortar and stuff like that and traps this person behind it alive. I don't remember what it was, but they made a reference to that too because there's one part in one of his nightmares that all of a sudden these brick walls start forming around him and he can't get out and he's like starting to freak out and stuff. I can't remember what that one was. <laughs> was it Was it the the cask of... Oh, that sounds right. Monte... Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I don't remember the... At first, thing. I wanted to say Monte Cristo, and that's <laughs> <Yeah>. not it. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's not the cask of Monte Cristo, but who knows? But yeah, yeah, that, I think that's the one. So if if a more educated person could comment and let us know, I haven't read any uh, post stuff since I was in college, so I'm a little rusty. But yeah, <laughs> like I love the references because I I was really into Poe as a teenager and into my early twenties. So um, Poe and Plath, those were my go-tos. So it was really enjoyable for me to see all these references. Yeah, this whole, like you said, this whole episode was flooded with them, but not in a in a bad way. It was it was overflowing with them in such a fun way because they managed to tie it all together in a way that made sense in the Beetlejuice universe. And man, like some of the nightmares were really creepy, like. You hear like the loud heartbeat and he opens that door and there's just a giant heart like pulsating. Yeah. And, like, squeezing through. Then he wakes up and, and Lydia's there like you're having a nightmare. And then something else happens and <laughs> the same thing happens. You're having a nightmare. Another one was the the mask. The mask of the Red Death was like this clown mask thing that comes out of the chest. And that's that's the thing that freaked me out as a kid was that yeah. mask. That mask was pretty um, creepy. I mean, that was a dream yeah. also, right? Yeah, like, and it started, like, sneezing. Like, it had snot running out of its nose. It would sneeze, and it got Beetlejuice sick, and Beetlejuice's nose, like, fell off. Oh. So it just had that triangle, like, hole, like a skull has. Yeah. Which creeped me out, too, as a kid. <laughs> like, seriously, like, that, I, that mask almost, like, traumatized me. Like, I remember getting scared of it and, like, waiting in the other room until it was done. And then coming back because it freaked me out so much. It's that stuff that like um, I definitely see influence on um, Courage the Cowardly Dog mm. from this show. Like I yeah, can totally see where I, they, I see they got a lot of the the creep factor. A lot of the way that they did and animated things, um, I think, was heavily influenced by this show. Yeah, I could see that. This show had a lot of really creepy elements to it. It's it is good. There was the offset of humor to it, but if you just looked at it as 
exactly what's happening. It could really be seen as a very like terrifying show. Like, yeah, it could absolutely. have been it could have been scarier at that time than like, uh, you know, Goosebumps or Are You Afraid of the Dark? Things like that. Yeah, it could have fit right in there. I don't know where the gorilla comes in, honestly. <laughs> one part, there's just this big gorilla that's going to like beat him up. Yeah, and I'm like, I don't remember w- what Poe's story there would be a gorilla in. I'm sure there's got to be one. I mean, they there wouldn't add it be. for no reason. Yeah. But I was like, okay, that seems out of place. But do we ever find out what was in the chest for real? No, we don't. Okay. Uh, I mean, well, we know that there's some money in there, but that's all we know. I guess there's got to be money in there because he's just pulling out of nowhere. Yeah, I think there's probably it's probably just all kinds of belongings and stuff because we find out that he was traveling. Yeah. Okay. But uh, so what happens is Lydia comes and. Decides to help Poe find Lenore. Then Lydia gets lost. And Poe comes back and he's like, oh, no, I've lost her. And he's like, yeah, yeah, Lenore. And he's like, no, I've lost Lydia. And Beetlejuice kind of freaks out for a second. But then immediately there's like a knock at the door. And Lydia and Lenore are there. And Lenore's mask creeped me out too as a kid. She just has like a, a white, kind of like a veil, I guess, like over her face. Mm-hmm. And you just see like the shadows of like eye sockets and a mouth. Right. And for whatever reason, that terrified me as a kid. But <laughs> it's so weird because it you only see it for like a few seconds because then she lifts it up and she's actually like a very beautiful, you know, undead zombie looking thing. But she she looks very pretty. Yeah. But when she's got the thing down, it's just super creepy. <laughs> I was like, nope, no thanks. I guess that's an example of like sometimes it's what you don't see that scares you more than what you do. Exactly. Yeah, that's a good way of saying it. Yeah. So that kind of wraps up that episode too. overall. Great episode. This one was for me better than the first one even. And yeah, this was my favorite of the three that we watched. Yeah, for sure. And the funny part was it turns out that like when he was saying that he lost Lenore, the whole thing was that they were supposed to meet at like a train station or something and he went to the wrong one. Oh yeah. <laughs> and that was it. She's like berating him for not listening and stuff and I thought that was hilarious. Oh yeah, cuz like she said like you're supposed to meet me at such and such like something house and he's like I thought you said BJ's Roadhouse. And yeah. <laughs> there was just miscommunication. So Yeah, I thought that was really funny. That did make it That was a funny like punch to the end there. Yeah, it was great cuz the whole time you're thinking like if if he lost Lenore, like you're kind of thinking that she's I mean, they're all dead, but you're kind of thinking like maybe she's like extra dead or something, you know, yeah, maybe but no, it's just that better. it's just that he got separated from her. And that's it. <laughs> Probably yeah. going to the chopping mall or the what was it? The shocking mall, the shocking mall. That's right. Chopping mall. That sounds better, though. Chopping would be cool. Chopping mall. I think that's a horror movie. Probably. I don't know. Anyway. Probably. <laughs> uh, so. Let's uh, jump to the third episode we watched for today's show, Not So Peaceful Pines, season four, episode 65, which is actually the final episode of the series. That's right. And the highest rated as well. Yeah. I wonder why. I wonder why too. But uh, Beetlejuice does the mayor of Peaceful Pines a favor, but the mayor uh, reneges on his promise of a cash reward. So Beetlejuice, in a fit of anger, splits his personality into his good and bad sides. Yeah, I mean, he doesn't do it out of anger. It's an accident. What it, you know, it's like, because he's so angry, though, yeah. that he's not thinking, and he he's he so, uh, he says he's beside himself or something. So how it starts is basically 
I guess I didn't understand how this worked. So Lydia's neighbors, there's like a house near Lydia, which is coincidentally near the mayor too. And it's full of like, I guess it's supposed to be like college kids or something having this party. Yeah. And it's like super early in the morning and waking everyone up. But for whatever reason that I don't really understand fully is all that music and noise is leaking into the neither world. Well, here's and why. waking up Beetlejuice's neighbors. Here's why. It's because... Their party is so loud; it's loud enough to wake the dead. Uh, okay, so well, that's why I was I was wondering though why. So the monster across the street comes over to Beetlejuice and yells at him about the noise, and I'm like, why are they yelling at him? Oh, that's just because everyone assumes if there's a problem, okay. it's Beetlejuice. Yeah, that that makes a lot of sense actually. <laughs> and Beetlejuice, and this kind of ties it back to the movie a little bit too. Beetlejuice is a bio exorcist. Meaning that he can be hired to scare the living out of a house, like to haunt a house. And so the mayor of Peaceful Pines finds out about this and does so. Yeah, so he kind of. I mean, the the mayor's like, yeah, if you can get rid of him, heck yeah. And uh, uh, Beetlejuice tells him to agree to some payment. And so Beetlejuice does it. He does various gags and scares everyone out and it works. Then he goes to the mayor for his money, and the mayor is like, I'm, you can't expect me to pay you for something that only took five minutes. But he's, like, the mayor was definitely n- never planning on actually paying him. Yeah, so he has every right to be upset over that. And like we were saying earlier, that puts him beside himself, and he accidentally splits into his, I guess, good side and his just straight bad side. Yeah, and the, the straight bad side was was kind of funny. It looked like a some sort of, like, 80s rocker. Something like it's, it had like a red jacket. His hair was all spiked up. Yeah. I think he had like earrings, like skull earrings or something like that. Just and he was just super mean. I, I don't <laughs> remember what he did exactly. He did something like he turned into like a bucket of water and like dumped it all over Lydia or something like that. Yeah. While the other beetle, just the nice beetle juice is like sniffing and picking flowers and stuff. <laughs> And he's just scared of everything. Yeah, he's, he's completely... The, they're complete opposites, of course, since they're yeah. different sides of Beetlejuice. But what it gets to, what it leads to, this part of it is uh, Bad Side is wreaking havoc on Peaceful Pine. So they're staying in... They're not in the neither world in this episode. They're actually staying in the regular world. Bad Beetlejuice is wreaking havoc on Peaceful Pines. And Lydia and the good side are trying to... Stop this, and they go to hire Dr. Zygmunt Void to help remedy yeah. the situation, who is a psychiatrist with a, you know, the play on name. Yeah, and I I remember the look of this guy. I didn't remember like what his capacity was in the show, but they must have had him because I don't think I've ever seen this episode before, but I've seen that character before, so he's probably been in subsequent episodes. It, it, he looked like a little tiny Sigmund Freud, but with a big head, like the top of his head was really big and swollen, like yeah. kind of like Pose was, but he had like a giant crack in it and it was like stapled together. Like you could still like, you, you if you wanted to, you could stick your hand down in that crack. Like it was still big, but it had these two staples like keeping his head together, Was he? which was interesting. Was he from the netherworld or netherworld? He was from the netherworld, okay. yeah, but yeah. he was in Lydia's realm for whatever reason. Mm. Okay. Either way, so they hire him, and I think this episode, more than any of the others, was shotgunning those puns at you like crazy. 
That was the rest of this episode is just puns. That's it. Just puns. It's like every single sentence there's a pun of some sort. There's a joke that uh the psychiatrist made, Dr. Void, that was uh I feel young again, which is like Carl Jung, Swiss psychiatrist. Oh god. Like <laughs> They're they're not great, but they're they're uh, yeah. kind of funny because of a kid's not gonna get it, but an adult can appreciate it. Yeah, you know what? Like I appreciated the puns to an extent, but this one went way overboard. <laughs> and like I got so tired of this episode after all these puns. I was like, man, come on, just like this is just a vehicle to. I, I feel like they had to have known this was the last episode, so they're like, all right, every pun that we wrote down. Like, we got to use it in this episode because this is all we get, man. So they did. That's what I was about to say is they used all of the puns that were unused from other episodes in this one. Yeah. They just had to wrap it up. Yep. Just wrap it up, guys. They threw it all in one. (laughs) And then Lydia tricks him into forming again because she dresses up as a psychiatrist, too. And then she's trying to do some like word association. So like. She would say something, and they would say the first word that came to their mind. So the bad one would say something, the other one would say something. And at one point, I think I think the one that got it together was something stupid, like one of them said pin, and one of them said stripe. And then it was the, his pinstripe suit. Yeah, like, so one of them turned into like a needle, like a pin or something like that. Or was, was it? Or was yeah. it a bowling pin? Uh no, I, I think it was uh like a pin, like a needle one. Okay. And and then the other one turned into like a black stripe and wrapped around it and then that formed back into regular Beetlejuice. Yeah, that was weird. That was Ta-da. a weird way to do that, to put it yeah, back it together. Was, yeah, it was stupid. Like they could have done like a, a stick and then together or like uh I don't know. I'm not a pun writer, so I, I can't think on yeah. that level, but we aren't professional punners. <laughs> so like i mean we'll leave it up to them but i feel like they they didn't bring their a game with that one yeah yeah i mean you might even say we're not very punny <laughs> your face Time said to go. enough <laughs> <laughs> so and that's pretty much it with that episode it wraps up unceremoniously and that's the end it's, it doesn't end it like well this is the last episode goodbye it's just regular episode ending yeah, it was just, I mean, there was nothing else to it. So, Chris, let's see if we can summon our younger selves by chanting Inner Kids three times and see what those little demons thought of Beetlejuice. Inner Kids! Inner Kids! Inner Kids! This cartoon was pretty silly. Beetlejuice was kind of funny, but then he got really annoying. I liked Lydia, though, and she's going to be my girlfriend, even though she's super goth and hangs out with dead people. Which isn't that bad, because my Uncle Tommy used to hang out with dead people all the time, until the nice policeman took him to live somewhere else. But this show was pretty cool, and I gave it three bowls of crispy beetle cereal out of five. And now I gotta go, because I heard my mom call my name three times. Bye! Though this differs quite a bit from the source material, I can't deny the fun I had watching it. True, there are moments where the puns were shotgunned at you unrelentingly, but then the sheer volume of bad puns almost becomes a joke itself. As a kid, I can appreciate the sight gags and goofiness, but there's also an underlying intelligence to some of the jokes that go deep enough for an adult to appreciate. So I'd give the Beetlejuice cartoon four big bowls of salty sandworm cereal out of five and totally recommend it. But now I need to go sit on my baby brother's head till my parents get home. Who says cartoons never teach you anything? Adults, adults, adults! (laughs) 
Thanks. Thanks for summoning us back. Yeah, really. <laughs> Honestly, it's a miracle that my brother and I are still friends after all the babysitting our parents made me do. Yeah, see, that's why I don't have a sibling, because I would have sat on it. Gotta make that two bucks. I can buy, like, maybe a soda with it. Dude, you don't <laughs> you don't even know how much how much Bazooka Joe we could have bought, or, uh, oh, man. or Stripes yeah. gum. Oh, oh, Fruit Stripes. Fruit Stripes, and they had those oh little tattoos, God. those rub-on tattoos, come on. Yeah. Two bucks was like a million bucks to a kid. Uh, so do you have any final thoughts on Beetlejuice? Uh, really, I just, I had a lot of fun with it. I think that I could see why this was so well received when it first came out. I didn't even realize it was an 80s cartoon. It was one of the better looking cartoons of the time, too. The animation was great. The world was a lot of fun. And I just think it was a not a direct tie to the movie, but a great tribute to it that's a lot more kid friendly. Yeah, I think that the show was, I mean, overall, I think it was a successful show. Like looking back on it now, I don't like it nearly as much as I did as a kid. Um, I think the characters were interesting. The jokes were were funny at times, but like a lot of it kind of started to wear on me after a while. And, and you know, I wanted to like it, but I just like I, I feel kind of indifferent towards this one. Like there's things I like, but there's a lot of things I was just kind of like, meh. So I, I, I could take it or leave it, which is why I gave the, the three. It's it's I think three is pretty neutral. Yeah. So like I did not like it. I'm good with it. You know, I can't deny like the impact that this had on other shows that I like, like Courage the Cowardly Dog, um, which we talked about, especially like, you know, they have those like TV commercials and stuff like that. And the animation is different than um, oh, yeah. the rest of the show. That's and, like, very that much like stuff, Courage. Yeah, that that one um, announcer guy looks a lot like that stupid freaking Return the Slab that I will never <laughs> be rid of. Like, I will, I'm going to have nightmares about that forever. I mean, that there's so much of Courage, like, obviously got ideas from this show. So I have to give this show that kind of appreciation for setting the precedent basically so kudos beetlejuice kudos well listeners it looks like our milk supply has now run dry so it's time for us to say goodbye and next week as we go back to our regularly scheduled program we'll be watching batman the brave and the bold suggested by scott holden and we'll actually be recording that with scott holden yeah he's a he is a podcaster his show is called that man on fat man where he talks about Kevin Smith, who does Fat Man on Batman. There's a lot of mans and fats and and bats and all kinds of words that rhyme that I just my I'm I can't do it. I can't wrap my hand around it. No, I'm done. <laughs> but he's a great guy, so it'll be a lot of fun to have him on. But once again, I'm Joseph and I'm Chris, and we'll see you next Saturday. Dos vidanya. Again with the Russian. Presented by Nerdsloth. A place for lazy nerds. If you like what you heard, consider donating at patreon.com slash nerdsloth so we can continue bringing you quality shows. Be sure to also leave us a review and share your favorite episodes and clips on social media. If you're looking for more content, visit us at nerdsloth.com.